Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bundesliga show with your hosts, myself, Rory Petrie and Mark Broadhurst in Nuremberg, both obviously still in lockdown. This show is brought to you by Over the Bar, um, so if you don't already know in, uh, that much about Over the Bar, please do check us out on YouTube, drop us a subscribe by clicking the big red button. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, also click the bell icon so you do not miss a show, as we've got lots and lots of content coming out in the year of 2021 so please do keep up to date with us if you're listening on an audio platform please do also subscribe leave us a rating leave us a review let us know how we're getting on as we press on into a new year and yet another weekend has gone by match day 15 in the bundesliga has again produced the goods what a league the bundesliga is really is producing week in week out goals galore keeper errors, VAR controversies, the lot again this weekend, which me and Mark will go on to discuss very, very soon. But as is tradition, what we'll do is first we'll go over to Mark for Mark's mystery anagram. Uh, so we'll go over the, the result of last week and, of course, this week's new one. So over to you, Mark, for Mark's mystery anagram. Yeah, so let's make a start by recapping Mark's mystery anagram for last week, which, of course, was week 14. So it was a nice, interesting word, quite a tough one, actually, this week, uh, last week. It was or use a new. Yeah, I, I didn't like pronouncing it last week and I don't like pronouncing it this week either. But yeah, that was it. And yeah, actually, the correct answer was the Armenia Bielefeld manager, Uwe Neuhaus. Yeah. And I'm really happy and maybe a little bit surprised because uh, me and Rory thought we'd have a really tough one for last week. We, we, we kind of thought none of you guys would get it right because it's a tough one, this. But, yeah, we, we did actually get uh, someone who got it correct this week. And it was uh, one of our regular watchers, Ian Banthorpe. So thank you for your continued support and well done. I think that's like the third or fourth time you've got it correct. So, yeah, you're like our master of Mark's mystery anagram. Oh, and also, Ian. I just Another shout out as well, guys, to uh, Johnny B as well, the Forest Green Rovers fan, who is another regular watcher of our show. And I think he got the week before, he got Angelino, which was the, the one just before Christmas. And yeah, I just want to say good job for getting that one right. We forgot to give you a special mention last week, but you got your, <laughs> your special mention this week. So yeah, thanks for your continued support as well. So, yeah, let's go over to uh, week 15's uh, Mark's Mystery Anagram this week. So, yeah, so if you just have a look at the bottom of your screen, you can see it's two words this week. It's brief rug, brief rug. So remember, guys, if you're listening on our podcast, then take a pen or a pencil or whatever you have near you, write it down now. So it's B-R-I-E-F, brief, and then the second word is rug, R-U-G, brief rug. So remember, it has to be something related to the Bundesliga, the top tier of the Bundesliga system. So yeah, it uh, has to be a club, a manager, or a player slash coach related to the Bundesliga 2020-2021 season. So yeah, remember, play along and remember to comment and you'll get a little mention, a shout out on next week's show should you get it correct so that brings to a, a conclusion our mark's mystery anagram for week 15 but yeah i mean as rory previously alluded to it was a fantastic weekend of football this week getting closer and closer to the halfway stage of the season now aren't we and it's really really starting to hot up at both ends of the table so let's have a look uh, at the bottom of your screen you'll be able to see the results for week 15 so i'll just recap them with you so yeah friday night was a classic wasn't it glad back getting that 3-2 win over Bayern, Bayern's second defeat of the season and then moving on to saturday a disappointing one-all draw for leverkusen against uh verde bremen an excellent point for them freiburg just continue going don't they it's five wins in a row for them now with a five nil thrashing of fc cologne 
Then another win, another form team is Frankfurt. They've now backed up three wins in a row with a 2-0 win away at struggling Mainz. And we've been waiting for it. It came almost one year, almost 12 months. But they, they managed to avoid the year. They managed to avoid the record, which was set by uh, one of those defunct Berlin clubs many years ago. Hoffenheim win a football match. And they did it in style. They didn't only win. They won 4-0 against ailing Hoffenheim. Then uh, a really entertaining score draw, two all between high-flying Union and equally high-flying Wolfsburg, an entertaining game there. Then another of the battle of the kind of top four, really. Uh, Dortmund showing improvement now after the sacking of Lucien Favre with a 3-1, an excellent 3-1 win in Leipzig. Then Stuttgart, we were just thinking they were starting to fall a bit, but they back up on Sunday afternoon with a 4-1 thrashing of mid-table Augsburg. And then, yeah, Bielefeld as well. It's been a great weekend for the bottom teams, hasn't it, with two of the three winning. Bielefeld with an excellent 1-0 win over away specialist Hertha Berlin. Yeah. So a fantastic weekend, a lot of superb performances. It's, to be honest, Rory, I would say it's one of, been one of the hardest weeks to select our Super 4 because there were maybe six or seven excellent performances this week from different Definitely. teams. So, yeah, let's just we, – we have selected our OTBs uh, featured for this week, and I think there was no better place to start than the Friday night classic between Borussia Mönchengladbach and Bayern Munich which ended, as you can see, in a 3-2 win for the Gladbachers. They just love the big games, don't they, Rory? I mean, Gladbach just seemed to be made for the big games. I mean, obviously, the the famous draws against uh, Inter Milan in the Champions League, then beating Shakhtar twice and now beating Bayern Munich as well. well what did you make of that one, Rory? Uh, I'll, um, I'll be I'll be very honest. I think I remember chatting to you on Friday during the game. I, I was quite frank about Gladbach's chances, and especially after two 0 down, I was like, oh, "What a shame!" Because I was really hoping that Gladbach would do well. And and lo and behold, they've made me look quite stupid because they obviously came back and and played their part in what was a fantastic game of football. Um, yeah, obviously Gladbach seemed to you know seem to turn up in, in these big games at the moment. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's a huge, huge win in the context of, of Gladbach's season. They really needed it as well to be in the conversation just for top six, let alone top four, I think. Um, so they'll be ultimately very relieved. Um, yeah, I mean, the game itself were, was obviously, like as you mentioned, a 3-2 classic. Uh, Bayern started strongly and obviously were, were awarded a, a penalty. Um it was an interesting one, the penalty, because I, I remember listening to the commentary of it and uh, on BT Sport, and there was lots of chat about how kind of it was a bit farcical and how VAR kind of took over with the referee. Um, but for me, obviously, the player involved, I think it's Neuhaus, isn't it? And he's kind of stretched out his arm with his foot poked up in the air. And the problem is, in this day and age, if you kind of give the the system the referee a decision to make then lo and behold he's often going to make it so that obviously was a very strange situation and Lewandowski does you know adds the extras to make it 1-0 and then a bit of poor defensive work from themselves to make it 2-0 letting Goretzka have so much space we know he's got a thunderbolt of a hit on him so that makes it 2-0 and then you're thinking, oh, well, this, you know, this could be a cruise control sort of game for Bayern in what was meant to be a really tough game. And then um, Gladbach got themselves going after half an hour or so, I think. Obviously, Stindl uh, plays through Hoffman with a beautiful, like, uh, glided ball right through the heart of Bayern's defence. Again, Bayern conceding quite easily as well. And then the second goal, obviously, we've got this kind of controversial moment where the VAR system again... It, that, that's about as close as it gets between offside and onside. Um, Hoffman obviously does well because he could quite have easily thought, you know what, I'm probably offside, I'll just stop. But players just have to keep on going these days. With VAR, you never know. So he had to, you know, you have to go through, finish as well, past Neuer. And lo and behold, there's a bit of a contentious decision whether Kimmich gets fouled in the build-up. 
and um, that's obviously quite interesting but both decisions go Gladbach's way and then all of a sudden it's 2-2 at half time you're thinking wow I mean Bayern are usually the ones who who go it go uh, goal up or equalise in these big games. We've talked about it on the show before, haven't we? How 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 impeccable their timing usually is. So it's the complete opposite way around this week. Um, so that probably would have shocked them. And then if that didn't shock them, then uh, Neuhaus's <laughs> finish in the second half certainly would have shocked them after some uh, good work by Hoffman and Embolo, I think, in the build-up. Plays it across and then Neuhaus just bends it in beautifully. What a finish that was. You know, a finish good enough to win any game of football. And um, and obviously that, that happened after about uh, 10 minutes or so into the second half. Maybe not even that much. And then after that, it was a case of defend, defend, defend for Gladbach. And I mean, there wasn't many standout chances after that. Obviously, you expect the wave of buy-in to come, you know, come at you. And they did, obviously. But other than the clearance off the line in the 90th minute, I think it was from, uh, I think it was Ginter perhaps. Um, And obviously Sommer was on the wrong side of the goal. So that is crucial in the end. Um, They didn't create lots of clear cut chances, which obviously was a surprise considering the Gladbach haven't been brilliant at the back to last well over half an hour was really impressive. So I'm tired just talking about the game. It was such, yeah, so such an end-to-end game and really, really entertaining to watch. Yeah, I think for me, you mentioned at the end, I mean, the defence that Gladbach showed. And I would say that the defence to hold Bayern out after, as you said, I think it was actually two minutes into the second half that they went 3-2 up. It was really, really, all the goals were in very short space of time. I think they got the consolation at at 35 or 38 minutes. The equaliser was like the last kick of the first half. And then the the winner was like maybe... 90 seconds into the second half or something. Yeah, I mean, it was all, it was very unlike Bayern in many ways. It's usually what Bayern do to the other teams, to be mm-hmm. honest. You know, and yeah. we saw it just last week, actually. I mean, uh, Mainz were tuning up like well, it, maybe after 55 minutes, and they ended up losing 5 2. So, yeah, <laughs> I think Gladbach have done a Bayern on them. But for me, what impressed me was the, the ease that they held out as well. I think that shows mm-hmm. the maturity of this Gladbach side because I mean how many times this season have we seen Bayern get themselves out of jail like with lucky wins really you know after being outplayed for long periods of the match and I just think well played to Gladbach you know they had to show a lot of bottle the, mm. I think when they brought uh, Kingsley Coman on I was really worried for them to be honest because I mean for me Coman has been one of the best players of the season the Bundesliga season this year and he did he was dangerous when he came on but there was always just someone to kind of tackle him or to block his cross it was a great performance from Gladbach especially in that second half for me it was a really professional performance I mean they got a little bit of luck I've got to be honest with the with the uh, foul I did think it was a foul and to be honest even borderline offside so I think Bayern Bayern have a right to be a little bit aggrieved by that goal for me if that was in the Premier League they would have disallowed it I have no doubt but what what we've mentioned a lot about in the in the Bundesliga is that they do give the benefit to the attacker and I really like that, to be honest. I mean, we watch football to see goals, don't we? Not to see three disallowed goals every game. And for me, it's like, OK, Bayern has gone against them this week, but I'm sure they'll have many that go for them this season as well, which we have seen as well in previous weeks. So I think, yeah, I mean, well done to Gladbach. But again, like Bayern, th- there is something missing. I mean, they've not really been great the whole league season, to be honest. I think they are fortunate to be topped by two points at this stage for me. And I think, I mean, they've got a tough game coming up against Freiburg next week, which is a really interesting one. And I think they need a win there unless teams aren't going to keep letting them off the hook. And I think we, we have, there's a lot of mileage to go in this title race yet, for sure. But I mean, Gladbach season, they're back in the top four race without question now. And they're going to be really confident. And doing it without Turam and Plia as well is a really yeah. good achievement. So fair play to Gladbach and Marco Rose's side. Okay, so let's move on to the next game, which was another kind of, I mean, it was this was two games between last season's top four, so it doesn't get better than that, really, does it? The, the four Champions League sides from Germany this year. And, yeah, we're going to be seeing all four of these sides in the last 16 as well. And it was, yeah, excellent performance from Dortmund this week. I mean, it was a game of two halves, though, wasn't it? The first half was a, a bore fest, to be honest. <laughs> I, I watched the first half, and I, I even considered turning it off, to be honest, because my girlfriend wanted to watch a film. 
<laughs> oh, no. I was like, we've got, we've got to watch this one. You know, this is a top four game. And it didn't disappoint in the second half, did it? I mean, it was just chance after chance. I mean, I've got to say, Daniel Almo was so unlucky to be on the losing side in this game. He had a great match, I thought, hitting the post and having another un few unlucky efforts as well. But, I mean, it's that man again, isn't it? There's only one man we can really talk about. It's Brout. Brout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just um, you just can't stop him, can you, Rory? No, no. They'll see back making headlines, just what he does naturally. Um, yes, the man Erling Haaland with two goals in the game. Yeah, it was it was a slow burner for sure. The first half was uh, was trying somewhat on on the eyes, but yeah, I think finally the game did come to life. And and what I think we need to highlight, especially from this game, is kind of the the link up play, not only just between. Royce and Haaland, which was exceptional. Obviously, then adding on to that, Sancho as well. Um, I think we we have to give credit where credit's due because Sancho, we've given a bit of flack at points this season for not for not really kind of performing and maybe his mind's elsewhere and whatnot. But I think we have to be honest that a transfer for Sancho isn't going to happen in January. I think he knows that as well. So it, I think he's just happy just getting his head down and, and, and working hard and, and playing to the best of his ability at Dortmund. And obviously he finishes off the first goal really well at the near post after a lovely bit of play interchange between Haaland and Royce uh, with a lovely flick uh, to make the first goal and, and then they're on their way. Um, and then Haaland kind of takes, you know, takes the rest of, uh, the kind of strain from there on in and kind of helps himself to a couple of goals um, with, you know, typical Haaland finishes, really. Um, he did also strike the bar, um, which actually I think was a really good save in the end from uh, Galacci. Um, so, yeah, and in a really impressive second half performance from Dortmund. That, I mean, that was really impressive. Um, I had predicted a close game, but I thought it'd be a, a close game won by RB. Um, and as you mentioned, Olmo was really unlucky. He did hit the post um, and is, you know, is playing some really good football himself. So, yeah, it, it was an entertaining second half. Um, from a Leipzig point of view, of course, they'll be, you know, they'll be gutted by by losing that, that game. Um, I think probably the one thing that we've recognised in the last few weeks and maybe as a worry, the start of the season has now come into the fore is perhaps a lack of goals in Leipzig's team. Um, they play really good football and, you know, it's entertaining. They create chances, but you kind of feel like if, as, as weird it is to say, if Angelino doesn't score or if, you know, one of the wide fullbacks doesn't do something really good or Olmo perhaps doesn't get a goal, then obviously you're relying on Paulson, who is a good goal scorer in the Bundesliga, but is not a, a clinical goal scorer, I'd say. Um, Forsberg kind of flatters to deceive for me. Um, always has a hat full of chances, always in the right place at the right time, but seems to fail to to kind of add to those goals. Um, I suppose the one plus point for Leipzig is that Sorloff is off the mark. Maybe that gives him a bit of confidence and he can go on a bit of a run, perhaps. Um, obviously, he kind of blasted home a consolation goal right at the end. So, yeah, it'll be disappointing for Leipzig. They'll be slightly worried by perhaps the lack of goals at the moment. But from, yeah, a Dortmund point of view, absolutely fantastic. And they'll feel right back in the title race as well. Yeah, absolutely. It just seems as though they've got a new lease of life since uh, Lucien Favre was fired, doesn't it? I mean, obviously, last week, a really if you look at these two games against Wolfsburg and, uh, and obviously Leipzig, you were looking at that and like anything less than two wins, really, and they were out of the title race, I think, to be honest. And I mean, they've got two wins now. They're back within five points, obviously getting a little bit lucky with Bayern's defeat as well. And it's just, you're just looking now and they look, as you say, I mean, they've got Sancho right back in form. I mean, whether he is, I totally agree with you that it's very unlikely that he will get a move. But maybe the fact that it is January, it does seem a bit of a coincidence that he's put in his best two performances of the season just as the January transfer window opens. I, I, yeah. I hope I'm being cynical. To be honest, I really do. I hope I'm being cynical there saying that. But, I mean, it is a bit of a coincidence because he was very poor before Christmas. I don't think anyone can deny that. But, I mean, mm -hmm. he was 
as you say, he's looked a lot more energetic. He's passionate again now, and he's playing a lot better football. And it was a fantastic finish as well to the near post of uh, Gulazzi. It was, uh, I mean, obviously the first goal is always crucial as well. And they had a couple of openings and hadn't managed to take them. And then obviously they got them. And, it, and then after that, it was pretty, I wouldn't say a comfortable, it maybe 3-1 flatters them a bit, but I would say they deserve to win ultimately Dortmund. It was a very good performance from them. And yeah, but I mean, yeah, as you say about Leipzig, it is the, the one problem I've always had with Leipzig is not so much in Europe, but in the, in the league, they do seem to struggle to get over the line in these big games. You know I mean? When you're looking for them, you're just saying, go on, go and win this game. Go and beat a Bayern Munich or a Dortmund. And they just, they don't do it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that's four defeats in five now for Leipzig in the league against Dortmund. And it's, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Over the last two and a half seasons, it's not very good, is it? Considering the quality in this side. And I totally agree with you that the lack of goals. And I mean, early on in the season, it didn't seem to be affecting them because I think Forsberg was on better form, but he's he's his form's dropped off a cliff now. I mean, he's just as you say, he's just not clinical at all. And it's just mm -hmm. I mean, if I if I were RB now, I'd be thinking, you know, we might need to splash a bit of cash and get in a top striker, to be honest, because Solot, I mean, I've, I've mentioned my opinion on him a lot over the, the last few uh, months, and I, I just don't see him as a top striker. There. I mean, for me, Crystal Palace must have been laughing the heads off when, uh, when <laughs> it went from 25 million euros for him, to be honest. Because, I mean, I know he had a good... Uh, he scored in this game, yes. He came off the bench and scored, but overall it's not been good enough, has it, ultimately, for a 25 million euro striker. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, as you say, Poulsen, I do like Poulsen. I think he overachieves a bit and he does get a few really good goals, but I think he's not a 20 goal a season man by any stretch of the imagination. And I think if, if Leipzig are serious, I mean, they're still in the Champions League. They're still only two points adrift at the top of the league. And I think you've got to be looking if you're Leipzig now and you've got to be saying, you know, we need a top striker again. And even if it's just someone else from in the Bundesliga, like a Grifo or something like that. I mean, for me, he's a quality striker and he might be the kind of guy that can get goals for them. And he might be available for 10, 15 million potentially from Freiburg. Yeah. And it's, I think they rely on these kind of battering ram strikers, like as you say, like you, you saw a lot, and you, and it, they don't fit in with the style of Leipzig, really. You know, yeah. I mean, very striker. Yeah, I think yeah, I think what what we're basically saying is for for me, I, I, I'm not sure if you agree with this. I think RB are basically one world class striker away from probably winning the Bundesliga. Full stop. Um, yeah. yeah, if they had. Any any kind of natural goal scorer up there, I think they the amount of chances that they create, then yeah, I think they'd be probably considered. You know, they're they're a very good team, but to get into that bracket of being great slash world class, you do need yeah. someone who can regularly put it in the back of the net. So yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if they do anything in January, but I think that's what they are certainly missing at the moment. Yeah. To be honest, I'm a bit surprised that they, they don't play Huang a little bit more because I saw him play a lot to uh, RB Salzburg and he, I was always impressed with him. I mean, he scored a few goals in that excellent run they had in the Champions League last season. And I, I do, I mean, I've not seen enough of him to say he's a natural goal scorer, but for me, he's, he's more suited to a Leipzig side than uh, a guy like Solot. For example, and I mean, I'd like to see him get it. I mean, I know he's kind of like he can play through the middle, but he's more of a wide player. But for me, he can get a few goals and you know, they can kind of rotate around a little bit for the number nine position. But I think I just think as a guy like Solo, he for me, he's just like a kind of battering ram center forward. You know, you have to put long balls into his body and he'll hold it up. And to an extent, Poulsen's also a little bit like that as well, mm, yeah. <laughs> quality with his feet yeah but I still think I mean a side like Leipzig that is such a football inside such a fast side with two big battering ram forwards I don't know really to be honest yeah. with the right tactic anyway so let's let's move on to the next game which yeah we're talking of sides really in form I mean the most informed side in the Bundesliga at the moment with five straight wins is Freiburg who absolutely destroyed FC Cologne this weekend. I mean, a side that have been good on the road recently as well. I mean, they got a nil-nil draw at Leipzig and beat Dortmund in the last two away games. And then they go to the mighty Freiburg and just get absolutely destroyed, don't they? I mean, for me, the standout player in this game was the summer sign Demirovic. I mean, he's really doing a good job to replace Waldschmidt 
who left in uh, the summer. I mean, they didn't pay much. I think they only paid 10 or 12 million euros for him. And he's yeah. been really, really good, especially in the last few weeks. But for me, I think it's just endless quality up front at the moment for Freiburg. I mean, obviously, Salai getting another goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Demir. But I, I've got to say that the first goal, I mean, the first goal in football is always crucial. And I mean, this was a bit of a horror show from goalkeeper Timo Horn, who for me is not having his best season all in all. In, uh, I, I used to rate him and I think he was even on the periphery of the German national squad a couple of years ago. But I mean, he's not having a good season this year, is he at all? And, and Yeah. Uh, not- yeah, no, I think um, certainly the first goal is a bit of a kind of calamity. In the end, he's um, he's not quite made the, the ball through and he's made a bit of a hash of the clearance and Dermirovic kind of obviously is is really strong and, and nods his, his head at home for 1-0. And to go a goal down in that manner, uh, obviously early on, um, is not ideal for, for Cologne. So, um, and Freiburg, you know... Um, we haven't really touched on them an awful lot. Obviously, we've given them a lot more attention in recent weeks because their form has really increased, and, and rightly so. Um, and a lot of that has been because of Grifo. And I think this week we can kind of turn away a bit from Grifo because it was a real team performance, I think, at, at the weekend. Like, um, we don't want to just pin Freiburg's you know, successes at the moment on just on one player because that's completely unfair. Um, and so, yeah, the, they, um, Demirovic led the line superbly well, got his goal and a few assists uh, and was a real threat. Um, Salai, as you mentioned, played really well. And their, um, I think their one tour, their early pressure on the Cologne defence obviously paid paid off because basically the second goal also come, uh, comes from a press, a high press. Cologne trying to play their way out from the back as every team does these days, regardless of anything like you have to play out from the back it seems and um obviously they win the ball from from a man in midfield and and it's bent home really well um by Hoffler um who who gets himself uh, a goal uh, first goal in about 15 months I think for him so that was a very welcome one um even from set pieces obviously Grifo swings in a set piece I think that was um, for the fourth goal and Demirovic heads it back into the danger area and Linehart uh, comes stooping in to potentially steal a goal from about a yard away um to make it 4-0 and then um, I think the third and fifth goal are basically a carbon copy of each other, basically a striker or a man going forward gets to the byline and whips the ball back across the goal. And then there's someone arriving at the near post or just arriving in general to smash home uh, for goals three and five. So obviously there's a bit of a mix of, of everything in there, a bit of set play, a bit of high pressing, um, some good quality football to get in behind defence. So all in all, what a team performance it was from Freiburg. Really, really impressive. I think they've set themselves now a, a new Bundesliga record for, for consecutive wins, which is fantastic. And they're well in the shout now for a top six finish. Um, obviously, we're not even halfway and uh, we don't want to get too carried away with ourselves. Um, but yeah, incredibly impressive. And a long may this run continue for Freiburg because when they play like this, they are indeed a joy to watch. Um, on the other side of the coin, uh, yeah, bad day at the office for Cologne. Um, not not much you can really say about it. Uh, as I mentioned, there are certain things you can do to, to eradicate those goals. Obviously, Horn has made a mistake. That's one goal. There's a mistake in midfield or just in front of the defence for, for the second goal. So that's already two out of three. Uh, set-piece goals can be avoided, of course, as well. So there's already a few goals in there that, if you're just on here a bit more, if you're a bit more switched on, a bit more talking, um, then I think you can eradicate those goals. And and they have been a lot better lately, Cologne. Their defence especially is just a bad, bad day at the office, I think. Yeah, I mean, as you say, with regard to Freiburg, I'd like to focus mostly on them with this one because I've just been so impressed with what they've been serving up recently. As you say, it's not all about Grifo at all. I mean, some of the players that are coming out of the woodwork now that weren't really doing that well. I mean, the two big summer signings, as we mentioned, Demirovic is really doing well now, leading the line. And then another guy, Santa Maria, has also been fantastic in recent weeks too. He was like, they're kind of, I think they picked him up for about seven or eight million euros from Spain. 
and like he's yeah. doing really well. He's like kind of like a flair midfielder, and I've been really impressed with him recently. And even Lucas Hurler, I mean, we've barely seen him all season. He was brilliant mm -hmm. off the bench in this game. He got a goal and almost got another couple as well. So, I mean, it's just like, it's no end of quality. I also like Wu Yong Jong as well. I, I, I think I'm, he scored that amazing chip a few weeks ago and he, he played a brilliant ball through as well to the wing um, in this game for the fifth goal, which was probably the goal of the match, really, the, the best passing move. Yeah, I mean, Christian Streich, the manager, he's known as like a kind of, He's something of a godfather in Germany, really. He's been at Freiburg for a long time. And, I mean, he manages to pick some of these signings out of nowhere. You know, they have a fantastic scouting network in Freiburg. And, I mean, they've been so comfortable in recent years, haven't they? I mean, last year, I think they finished ninth. This year, they could even go one better, finish seventh or eighth or even get in Europe. I mean, yeah. it was something. Ago. They were, I mean, Freiburg have always been known as a yo-yo side, really, between the Bundesliga 1 and the Bundesliga 2. But now they look a very, very established side. And, I mean, there's so much quality in that side now. They're not they're not a kind of side that just sit back and stick on a 1-0. They want to score 4, 5, 6, 7. There's no limit to the number of goals they want to score. And they've been one of my favourite teams to watch, in the, especially in the last six or seven weeks, no question. Okay, so let's swiftly move on to, I mean, we had to include this, didn't we? We've been waiting for it ever since we started the show in early September. And yeah, we finally have it. There you go. On the bottom of your screen, Schalke fans and sympathisers. You've got a 4-0 win <laughs> over ailing Hoffenheim. And I mean, there's only one man that we can mention in this game, the young American, Matthew Hopp. I mean, a fantastic hat-trick, wasn't it, Rory? I mean... I was so impressed with his performance from him today. Yeah, absolute top quality, especially in terms of the way he's taken his three goals. Um, two of them, well, very audacious chips, really, especially the first goal. Um, often in games where we've talked about or reviewed Schalke, we say that they have, oh, they had this big chance, like maybe Oots had a chance or someone like that or Rahman or, or, or someone like that. And they've just come narrowly, narrowly close to taking the lead. And again, this was really important in the context of this game. Um, Schalke started brightly, but Hoffenheim came strongly back into the contest and probably be kicking themselves not to have scored the first goal. Uh, and if they did, then it could have been another story um, because... Ultimately, obviously, Schalke are not high on confidence at all. But yeah, and then the young American played in by the Moroccan Harrit, who also was unreal, a superb performance from him um, to, set, to set him up three times. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Hop, yeah, absolutely. Really impressive uh, performance. He's obviously only been in the first team um, since November and had... A couple of longish stints in terms of games, mate. I think he's had 80 minutes here and there, uh, and then a couple of other sub appearances with not that many minutes. So we say in total, he's probably had about three full Bundesliga games in terms of minutes. Uh, and then to play the way that he did in what was obviously a huge game was was incredibly impressive. Uh, the young man has has kind of come up through the ranks at Schalke and uh, has scored goals at at all levels in, in terms of the age groups. So he would have been well known to Schalke. And um, if anything, I'm quite surprised he hasn't come sooner uh, into the team, considering their struggles so far this season. Um, and he's shown that he's, he's completely, he's a really cool customer in front of goal. Obviously his two finishes where he's chipped the keeper show that, at that kind of awareness where the keeper drops to the ground and he's obviously seen it and he, he's able to chip over the keeper. The second one, he rounds the keeper very coolly and slots home. So, yeah, well, obviously Schalke have hopefully found someone there who can really kind of spearhead their attack now and give them a bit more of a goal threat. Um, obviously mentioning the way that Harrit played and he split the defence open on several occasions. Hoffenheim, their defensive back four was a bit well, all over the place, one way of putting it. Um, lots of easy kind of balls straight through the middle of the heart of their defence, actually. And um, and they obviously were made to pay dearly for it. Um, obviously, I think we have to probably mention one signing that probably wouldn't have really gone 
onto many people's radars is that the fact that Save Class Natch has returned, returned home to Schalke, obviously on a free, I believe, from Arsenal. Um, and he started and captained the team on the day and, and was really, you know, had a really positive impact, I think. Um, so that's kind of two players that are new to the team. And sometimes it just refreshes you a little bit uh, as a team, having a few new faces in there, especially when you're struggling. So, yeah, I mean, all credits to Schalke because this win has been a long time coming. Um, you know, their win actually obviously takes them above mind into um, in 17th place. Um, they would have only been three points then off a relegation playoff place if it wasn't for Armenia's result. Um, but only being, I think, is uh, four points off instead is, you know, is progress. Um so it, it does, you know, it shows a bit of a glimmer of hope, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel, perhaps, for Schalke. It won't get any easier, of course. The Bundesliga is an unforgiving league, um, but it, it sure as hell is a start, at least. Yeah, I mean, I think we both said last week that they've got to get a win and they've got to get it within the next two or three games, really. And I mean, this was the most winnable of those two or three games because obviously next week they go to on-fire Frankfurt. So, as you say, it's not a forgiving league and that's not the kind of fixture you'd want. I mean, after probably Leipzig, uh, Dortmund and Bayern, I would say Frankfurt is probably the last fixture you'd want at the moment as they've got all the big players on form. But yeah, I mean, for me, uh, the signing of Kalasinac, I mean, he never really quite made it at Arsenal. But I think in the first season there, a lot of their fans really liked him, actually, from what I know. And yeah. he is, he's got more leadership qualities and skill qualities, to be honest. But he is a bit of a unit at the same time, you know. So he's like, but I think his leadership skills are absolutely second to none. And for me, that's what uh, Schalke needed more than anything, you know. Yeah. And I mean, that could be the signing. We could look back come... Uh, Due, uh, late May and we could be saying that's a signing that kept Schalke up to be honest with you I mean obviously it's a long way to go from that now because it's just one win and as you say with Bielefeld getting the win uh, that that was a blow for them really you know because mm -hmm. obviously we we're hoping they were only going to be three points now the four points so yeah and obviously with Frankfurt to come next week this, but I mean they needed that win they've got it and they've got it in style and they've got two players now as you say with Hop who looks like he's got the quality to get the goals now. And obviously Kalasinac with his leadership and solidity in defence, that could just about get them safe, you know. Because uh, you might start to see other players come out of the, the closet now who haven't been good for a long time. Yeah. Like, you're like <laughs> yeah, the likes of Harrit, as you say. I mean, he's been playing all season and he's done nothing really, you know. But then obviously he comes in and supplies three brilliant assists. So it proves football's a strange game. You know, we've, we've mentioned it with Freiburg. Some of those players that we're raving about now, like seven, eight games ago, they were doing nothing. You know, yeah. so like, in football, confidence changes everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think all of us on this show want Schalke to stay up, to be honest with you, because you need the one of the big four clubs in Germany and you need them in there, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I'd be happy for them to stay up and I, I'm looking forward to what they're going to do in the next few weeks. But they need to back up that win within the next two or three weeks, really, because otherwise, again, if you go two or three games without a win again, you're going to be down pretty much. So, I mean, they've got to back it up somehow and hopefully starting with uh, the Frankfurt game next week. Okay, so, yeah, so let's move on past the featured four. Obviously, four really entertaining games, so we went on quite a lot about those games. So let's just sum up the other five games. So let's start with the Leverkusen one, Werder Bremen one. I mean, this, for me, was a bit of a bore fest, to be honest with you. I didn't really enjoy this game. I mean, it's a Werder Bremen side who are, to say that they're negative and defensive is an understatement, but, I mean, it was a great point for them this week. Obviously, top rack, the signing from Dortmund, a big centre-half, getting the headed goal from the head to set play. I mean, realistically, for a side like Werder, that's how they get the majority of the goals through set plays. So, I mean, it wasn't such a surprise. But then, yeah, probably a bit of a scrappy equaliser, really, in a way. I think Werder would probably have felt as though they could have stopped that one. But overall, you'd take a point there, Rory, I think. Yeah, for Werder's point of view, I think it was obviously a bit of a slow and sluggish game, a bit underwhelming, um, which we're not really used to in the Bundesliga at the moment because every game is very entertaining. Uh, but this one didn't quite get up to speed. Uh, Leverkusen really reeling still uh, still from from perhaps the Bayern result, um, so in control, 
looking like they're going to top, you know, top the tree at Christmas and stuff. And then it just goes completely south really quickly. And since then, they haven't looked very confident. They've looked a bit shaky at the back. Uh, goals have slightly dried up as well. Um, so, yeah, just a few things are going a bit awry for them. Um, hopefully they can turn it around quite quickly or else they will find themselves out of the you know, out of the questioning for the title race, which, you know, it can it can come and go very quickly. And at the moment, obviously, they're looking like they're going downwards rather than upwards. Um, so that's obviously unfortunate. But um, I'm sure they can turn it around. Uh, and for Verda, yeah, could quite possibly be a crucial point in a game that they might not have expected to get anything from. Absolutely, yeah, can't agree more. Yeah, and then obviously moving on to another game on Saturday was a three out of three now for Frankfurt and ten points out of four games. I mean, yeah, this probably wasn't vintage Frankfurt, but this is the kind of win you need to get, really, you know, because they weren't get, they were drawing these games earlier in the season. I mean, it was two penalties from Andre Silva. I think the first one was a, a definite one. I mean, the second one seemed to come out of nowhere. I don't even think the Frankfurt players appealed for it. But, I mean, they got a bit of luck, perhaps, there with a bit of a soft penalty. But I think overall in the game, it was a very, very comfortable win. They managed to keep the Mainz defend, uh, attack, who have been dangerous a, a lot of times, including last week, very, very quiet this week, didn't they, Rory? Yeah, very much so. Um Andre Silva managing to get his 10th and 11th goal of the season. Uh, obviously, he kind of takes very much kind of the, the headlines from this game. Um, yeah, obviously, two penalties that will win the game in the end from, from in the end, what he kind of expected Mines to come a bit harder. Um, they themselves were kind of after a penalty as well from potentially a high foot from Sal um, that was kind of dismissed by VAR. Um, yeah, obviously, from mine's point of view, we've always said that we think they might have the goals or the goal threat to get themselves out of the position they're in. Um, we've been saying this week on week on week, but quite gradually now they've been showing very little signs of actually now of doing it. Um, and as a result, obviously, Schalke's win, they are now rock bottom of the league. So they obviously need things to turn around quite quickly. They need Mateta to find form again. Uh, they need players like Botius as well to kind of to come to the fore a bit more. Um, but yeah, obviously for Frankfurt, really good win. Keeps them in the race perfectly. And uh, they, they'll obviously hope that they can keep their run going um, for a long time yet. Yeah, I have been very shocked to see the fact that Mateta hasn't started the last two or three games as well, because I just think, like, I don't know whether maybe there is a trend. I mean, we talked a few weeks ago, maybe there is a potential transfer on the couch, or maybe he's looking for a move, because he mm -hmm. has been a good striker for a good couple of years now at this level. And I mean, I just can't understand why you wouldn't start your most clinical striker when you're fighting for the, like, your life in the Bundesliga, you know, because... Yeah. I mean, I, I can only imagine there's a problem going on there behind the scenes, because, I mean... I mean, they're bringing in Quazon, who's had a very poor season. I would have said before this season, Quazon was a very good player. I think last year he got into double figures in goals along with Mateta. But this season, he's just been nowhere, really, has he? He's just not had a good season, really. I mean, obviously, Jonathan Bergkart as well, who's a bit of a... Yeah. He's coming in there and he's not really done much. I mean, Boltius, who's had a good season, I would say. I'm just very shocked to see why he's not starting, really, Mateta. I'd be interested to know from uh, Bo Svensson, the current manager of Mainz, why he's not. But I wouldn't be shocked to see a potential move to a kind of mid-table club on the cards for Mateta, to be honest, because he has got a right to feel as though he can do a bit better than what Mainz are serving up at the moment. But, I mean, in term, if you are the manager, you've got to be playing your best players at this time because they're running. I mean, I know we are a bit behind. We're still not even at the halfway stage yet. But, I mean, six points from 15 games is just atrocious, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they're going to massively have to start improving unless they are going to be down. And I mean, it would be sad because they, I think they've been over 10 years now straight in the Bundesliga, which is impressive for them. But I mean, they need a miracle really at the moment. OK, so moving on to yeah, an entertaining game. I think we predicted a good game in this one. It didn't disappoint. A very eventful game as well with penalties, red cards galore, free kicks uh, scored. Union Berlin 2, Wolfsburg 2. I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, Wolfsburg were probably, sorry, uh, Union were probably the better side. I mean, they scored a fantastic equaliser. The, the goal was just uh, fantastic in uh, 
from um, uh, from Becker. I mean, back in the squad as well, Becker, and with a fantastic goal. Obviously, Renato Stefan getting the opening goal for Wolfsburg. Then, I mean, obviously, the controversy in that game was the incident with Maximilian Arnold tripping uh, the striker as he went through. I mean, every it looked for all the world for me that it was in the area. And I mean, I think the red yeah. card was a definite, really. You can't really argue with that. He clipped him as he went through on goal. But yeah, I mean, then Robert Andrik, who's been really good, actually, in recent weeks. He really has. I mean, obviously, he got the red card a few weeks ago. But I mean, he's really improved since then. And then you're just thinking, go on... Uh, Union, go and win the game and then we, would you say it's a bit disappointing to concede an equaliser against a 10-man side, Rory? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. it's. Um, I was very surprised when when I saw the fact that Wolfsburg had obviously gone down to 10 men and obviously then gone 2-1 down. I fully expected Union to go on and kill the game and win comfortably and, and claim what would have been a really another statement win Um against the fellow top six contender in the shape of Wolfsburg. But credit to Wolfsburg because they, they're they a very hard team to beat and hence why they've not been beaten very much at all this season. Um, obviously, just, you know, the, the well, the two games now against Bayern and Dortmund recently. Um, so, they, they you know, they stuck at it and managed to get themselves a point uh, in the game. Yeah, very, very uh, entertaining one as well. Uh, Becker... Um, I thought played really well. Obviously, <laughs> he could have scored after about a minute where he kind of chases a, a bit of a hopeless kind of ball through and he beats the keeper to it, turns back in. He, for all the world, you're like, oh, wow, 1-0 after a few minutes and bends his shot wide of the of the near post, uh, which obviously wasn't a great start for him. But he then reacts perfectly to get, obviously, as you mentioned, a really good equaliser, a great strike to make it 1-1 after they were down from a set-piece goal. So, um, yeah, end-to-end sort of stuff in, in this game. Entertaining as well. Um, I can't see at the moment the way that both teams are playing, either of them finishing outside the top six. But obviously that, that leaves out a lot of other big teams that are in the mix. So it will be very exciting race for the top six. There, there are at least another three teams below them, I think, that are in the, you know, are in the running. Obviously Gladbach and Frankfurt at the very least. Um, maybe an outside chance for Stuttgart after their win. But, yeah, it'll be a good race for, for the top six this season. It looks really open. Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the sides, I would say all the teams down to 10th are very, very capable sides, to be honest. As you say, I mean, Stuttgart is still in the bottom half, incredibly. I mean, they've had the season of dreams, really, mate. I mean, I know... 21 points from 15 games is still a very solid total, you know, and I mean, you can't rule them out. If they can get a run of decent fixtures coming up, they could also potentially get top six or seven, you know. But yeah, I mean, moving on to Stuttgart's 4-1 win, I mean, you're just thinking, you know, two defeats. Admittedly, there are only 1-0 defeats against Wolfsburg and, uh, and uh, Leipzig, so there's no yeah. shame in that at all. But, I mean, you're just thinking, you know, a little bit of pressure now. They drop down to 13th in the league. And you're just thinking, you know, they need a win. And, oh, boy, do they, they bring it. You know, with arguably <laughs> one of the best performance, probably after the Dortmund game, that was probably the best performance of the season with all of the big boys on form. I mean, obviously, Gonzalez getting the opener. Then Silas, who's been amazing all season, getting the second. Obviously, Castro, who's been probably one of my favourite players to watch this season. He'd missed a few games as well, but back in the side and back amongst the goals. Were you really impressed with this, Rory? Uh, I mean, this was a really hard game to leave out of our featured four. Um, I think if if we do a featured five in the future, this would have been our our fifth. Um, Yeah, we've, we've given... Uh, Stuttgart a lot of praise so far this season and rightly so and they have struggled in recent weeks and you know we've mentioned that they're kind of tired tired out a little bit and we're starting to flirt a little bit with that bottom half um, and even bottom six seven of the Bundesliga table but come back with fine fashion uh, today as we record uh, with with an amazing 4-1 win and um, scored some unreal goals as well um, you know, Gonzalez with the penalty that comes. Silas, you know, coming in and finishing well from uh, the, the Bjorn Souza cut back. Uh, the third goal, you know, Gonzalo uh, Gonzalez to 
Gonzalo Castro, that's a, that's a mouthful. Uh, what a lovely ball that is into Castro. And obviously it's rightly given as a goal because he was quite clearly onside. Um, and obviously after the red card, two quick uh, yellow cards uh, for Richter. Um, and then, I mean, Stuttgart were just pouring forward relentlessly. It's just like they were playing in the park and they were just like, how many goals can we score? They only got four, but it could have been well more, a uh, huge amount, really. Um, it'll boost their goal difference. It'll boost their morale. And I can't, uh, I can see Stuttgart going on a really good run again. Yeah, I mean, 23 shots away from home, 10 on target. I mean, you, that's just unbelievable for a promoted side, especially against a team like Augsburg, who are known to be quite conservative in the style, you know. I mean, it's just an amazing performance and an amazing win. I think this was definitely the two sides have really contrasting styles as well. I mean, Stuttgart are just total football, really, on the attack, attack, attack. Augsburg, as we've mentioned before, they seem to suit playing away from home a little bit more, though, where they can kind of contain a little bit and then strike late. They seem to get more results away from home at the moment. At home, mm -hmm. they've had quite a few bad defeats recently, really. I think Frankfurt beat them comfortably, Hertha beat them comfortably, and now Stuttgart... Yeah. I mean, obviously, from an Augsburg perspective, like we do often say that it's not the end of the world for them, but it, the home form is a little bit concerning at the moment. They, they are starting to become a team a little bit like Hertha Berlin, where they, they get good results away from home, but recently at home. I mean, obviously, early in the season, they turned Dortmund over in the in the home stadium, but recently they've been really struggling at home, it seems. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, 19 points from 15 games, 11th place for Augsburg. You can't complain about that, you know. I mean, yeah. Are one of they are a side that are put together on a shoestring budget, really. They lost uh, the best player to uh, PSV Eindhoven, the left back, last year. And I mean, every year they seem to sell the best players, to be honest. So, I mean, Philip Max, so on. Philip Max obviously left to PSV. And I mean, you've got to be happy. Any the one of those clubs, Augsburg, that anything above uh, the bottom three is a good season, really, for them. So, and I think they will make that. Okay, on to the last game. We've gone quite uh, deep into the anal analysis this week. Yeah, I mean, obviously another game. Not the prettiest game, but the result for Bielefeld. This is exactly what we've been saying that Bielefeld need to do. Just get those gritty 1-0s at home. And they've managed to do it against an away specialist. I mean, are you impressed, Rory? Yeah, very impressed. Uh, the way that, Especially the way that Hertha played last week against Schalke. They, I thought they were really good. I thoroughly thought that they would... You know, on the back of that, uh, especially as they seem to do well away from home, pick up a pick up a win. Um, Armenia did what they needed to keep the game close, keep it nil nil as long as possible. Then you know, just get you know, get a scrappy goal, whatever it is. And at the end of the day, it wasn't even a scrappy goal. It was it was a decent goal. Um, obviously, there was chances before that. Doan um, had a had an effort as well. I think obviously it's Yabo. Uh, that manages to get the goal in the end. Um, and, you know, these wins are, are always crucial. Um, Piatek did get the ball into the back of the net, although it was ruled out for a handball in the end. Um, so a bit too little, too late from Hertha. But, yeah, huge result for, for Armenia in terms of the getting themselves out of the relegation playoff up into, you know, into safety for now. It's fantastic for them, you know, if you offer 15th place to them at the start of the season, they'd rip your hand off for it. So, yeah, it, it was a big weekend for them as well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's possible that they could actually get that 15th spot. I wouldn't expect any higher, but, I mean, yeah, like, obviously with Cologne struggling now, well, especially after the last result, yeah, I mean, it's very possible, and that would be huge. I can't under can I can't emphasize enough like what an achievement it would be for Bielefeld if they managed to retain the status in the Bundesliga this year. Because I mean, there are the talk we mentioned before about Augsburg. I mean, Augsburg's wage budget is probably double what Bielefeld's is. To be honest, mm -hmm. I mean, the wage structure, and I don't think they bought any players. Of I think they got a few free signings in summer, like Van der Horn. Yeah. I mean, they're not exactly like picking from a high like status players, you know. And I mean, if they manage to stay up in any way, even if it's through the relegation playoff, it's been an amazing season for Bielefeld, without doubt. OK, so, yeah, obviously we've gone into quite a lot of detail. So let's move on over to Rory for our Petrie and Pundit predict ahead of week 16.
Yeah, let's do it. Let's run through it nice and quick. As as mentioned, we have been taking a bit more time to go over what's happened this weekend, understandably. Um, so on Friday night, we have Union Berlin hosting Bayer Leverkusen. Looks like a tasty one this. I reckon it'll be a 2-1 win to Union. Mark? I've also gone 2-1 Union. Oh, wow, we're copying each other again here. Um, then Saturday afternoon, we've got Dortmund hosting Mines. Uh, should be a fairly easy home win, I think, the way that Dortmund are playing 3-0 for me. I've gone for a 5-1. I just think Dortmund will really have fun in this game, really. Yeah, looks like a good game for them. Uh, then we've got Hoffenheim, struggling Hoffenheim, hosting Armenia, Bielefeld. That will be an interesting game. I think Hoffenheim might get a bit, I don't know, if... The, the coach is sacked potentially, then they might get a bounce. It's a tricky one. I've gone 2 0 for Hoffenheim, though. I've gone for a one all draw. I can just I just don't see Hoffenheim winning a football match at the minute, unfortunately. Uh, we also have Wolfsburg hosting RB Leipzig. Again, looks a very tasty one, this, but I think RB would just get over the line 2 1 for me. I've actually gone for a 2 1 to Wolfsburg because often these teams like Leipzig, they back up defeats. That's the problem with another defeat. So I'm a bit worried that'll happen again. Yeah, moving on then, um, we've got FC Cologne uh, are hosting Hertha Berlin. Uh, as much as they're a hard team to predict, I think Hertha will get a 2 1 away win. Yeah, I've also gone for a 2 1 away win, but this is a really hard game to predict. I mean, you wouldn't be betting on this game, put it that way. Yeah, and a not-so-potentially-advertising game. We also have Werder Bremen hosting FC Augsburg. Um, apologies to Werder and Augsburg fans, uh, but I think it'll be a 1-1 uh, draw, this one. Yeah, I think it's a one-all draw as well. Augsburg don't lose many away, and Werder don't win many. Uh, moving on to the evening game on the Saturday, it is going to be VFB Stuttgart hosting Bush and Munch and Gladbach, both buzzing after their weekend results. I reckon it'll be 2-2. I've gone for a 2-1 Gladbach win, but again, this one could go anyway, this one really. Yeah, and then again, one of the more tasty games on the Sunday afternoon. Bayern Munich uh, will be hosting Sport Club Freiburg. Uh, I think it'll be a close game, but I think Bayern will shade it 2-1. I've gone for a one-all draw. I, I just, I've, I'm confident that Freiburg can stick in and get a point. Yeah, very good. And the last game of the weekend will be Frankfurt hosting Schalke after their first win uh, after 30 attempts. Um, I think they will, they will play OK, but I think they'll still narrowly lose 2-1. I've gone for a 2-0, but again, I see an improved in performance, but it's, they're just hard to stop at the minute, Frankfurt, aren't they? Absolutely. And that very quickly brings a close to Petrie and Pundit's predict. Just a quick update on the scores. Mark won week 15 uh, on a very low-scoring one. Uh, so it's now 7-5 to me. So it's getting closer with Mark closing in on me. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll move straight on to the hero and zero of the week. Um, and Mark will take us through the hero of the week because there was lots of contenders for this one. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I want to give special mentions to uh, Demirovic from Freiburg, who got a goal, two assists, and a fantastic performance. Also, the man who assisted uh, the guy that won the team of the week, Harrit, who got three assists. But actually, yeah, I mean, there's only one man to give the hero of the week to, and that was Schalke's Matthew Hopp. I mean, a fantastic hat-trick, three good goals, three poachers. Well, not even poachers finishes. It was just quality finishes, really. I mean, I think it was a pretty clear one this week, really. Yeah, very good. And then on a zero of the week, there was probably not many contenders. Maybe Timo Horn for a bit of an error-strong performance in what was a bit of a calamity of a day for FC Cologne. But manager of Hoffenheim, Sebastian Hornes, um, for yeah, obviously guiding his side to a bit of a hapless season so far in the Bundesliga. Really, really um, poor performances of late and will be very much under scrutiny for his job. Although Dietmar Hopp has backed him uh, today as we record on the Sunday. So that's interesting. But yeah, so sorry, Sebastian, you're the zero of this week. And that brings us and the show here on Zero to an end for this week, an action-packed Bundesliga show. It's going to be just shy of an hour's recording this one. Um, lots and lots going on. So, yeah, please do uh, get involved. Let us know how we're doing. 
on the Bundesliga show, please do get involved in the anagram as well and keep subscribing. Over to Mark to finish off. Yeah, so yeah, it's been a great show this week, a fantastic week, week uh, 15. So yeah, let's just uh, close by saying, yeah, remember to check out our Twitter feed at Over the Bar FB for anything football related, anything Bundesliga related. Remember to follow our show and click subscribe because that really, really helps us out. Thanks again to our continued regulars as well at Watch. We are, we are slowly but surely increasing our numbers of subscribers and we thank each and every one of you. And yeah, obviously check out our European show, which went live last week as well. Uh, soon we'll be predicting the draws as well. So just uh, keep an eye out for that. And also the otbfootball.net as well. So that's it from me. 